Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with your host, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Parthenia is a psychologist and certified natural healthcare practitioner who will show you alternative paths towards health with a holistic approach. Call in with your questions or comments at 888-235-7374. And now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Good evening to those of you listening to our uh, live broadcast tonight in July 17, 2009. And hello to those of you listening to an Internet archive within a few minutes of the show close or rebroadcast Saturday mornings at 9.03 a.m. here on Achieve Radio. There is a link on my site. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard at Achieve Radio on the Internet. To call into the program, call 888-235-7374. That is 888-235-7374. Or send an instant message, what they call an in-click message, during the show through the link on the Achieve Radio homepage. Please, any problems with the Internet links, give me a call at 866-472-6094. That's 866-472-6094. Now, on this program, we discuss alternative medicine therapies, related products and issues, and we do it with the experts. Only try the therapies shared here after consulting with your physician. Now, last Friday, my guest was Jonathan Robinson, author of Communication Miracles for Couples, Easy and Effective Tools to Create More Love and Less Conflict. Uh, We also had Monique Chapman with Monique's Moments uh, at the end of the program. And if you missed that show, you can go to my website, at www.amtherapies.com, click on the radio link to hear the show. Now, for appointments with me and for general information, again, call 866-472-6094. That is 866-472-6094. Now, Intuitive Monique Chapman, she also has a, a program on this station, visits every second Friday of the month. Now, she will join us again August 14, 2009, with Monique's Moments. Call in. She will share her intuition about you, the economy, and other concerns. Remember, you can purchase the book I co-authored, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health, on my site. Visit www.amtherapies.com to make that wonderful resource a gift to yourself and or a friend. Oh, you can also follow me on Twitter now. Uh, Today, I'm going to be speaking with Michael Gurian, author of The Purpose of Boys, Helping Our Sons Find Meaning, Significance, and Direction in Their Lives. At the end of this program, we will discuss the herb peppermint and the asana triang mukai kapata pasimotanasana. Now it's time for our wellness news. Again, this is from Science Daily. Um, Non-drug interventions may comfort children having an anesthetic. Uh, This came from Science Daily, July 8, 2009. Parental acupuncture, clown doctors, hypnotherapy, low sensory stimulation, and handheld video games are promising non-drug interventions that are likely to help reduce children's anxiety during the onset, onset of their anesthetic. It is the main conclusion of a 
new Cochrane Systematic Review. Now, the review was conducted because undergoing a general anesthetic can be a frightening experience for a young child and distressing to parents. Children can be given a pre-med to sedate them with anesthesia uh, when anesthesia is being administered, but these drugs can have unwanted harmful effects. Some non-drug alternatives have been tested to see if they could be used instead of sedative drugs when anesthesia is being administered to children. A new study is the first systematic review to investigate whether non-drug interventions are helpful in alleviating stress in children undergoing general anesthetics. The researchers reviewed data from 17 trials that together involved 1,796 children between the ages of 10 months and 17 years. The eight studies focusing on parental presence did not find parental presence to be helpful in alleviating anxiety or improving cooperation in their children whilst the anesthesia was being administered. Quote, it is interesting that parental presence is often encouraged, even though, there isn't, even though it has not been shown to be helpful, end quote, says lead researcher Alan Sinna of the Women's and Children's Hospital, Adelaide, Australia. Uh, quote, based on our findings, we would recommend that parents do not need that parents do not need to stay for their child's anesthetic unless they are keen to do so, end quote. The Cochrane researchers concluded that a number of different interventions show promise in being effective in increasing cooperation and reducing anxiety in children during anesthetic administration and need further research. In single studies, clown doctors, a quiet environment, video games, and computer packages, but not music therapy, each showed benefits. These promising interventions need to be tested in additional trials. The authors also suggest that relaxation techniques targeted at parents merit further investigation, since in one trial, children seemed to benefit when their parents were given acupuncture to reduce anxiety. Parental stress can be transmitted to the child. It is likely that parents who are relaxed are more likely to help their children stay calm during the administration of anesthesia. Yoga, hypnosis, and meditation may help parents relax and could be explored in future studies. Quote, we also need more trials investigating the effects of the promising non-drug interventions for children identified in this review. These and other methods need to be tested in further trials, end quote, says Dr. Senya. Okay, when we come back from break, um, we will have our interview with Michael Gurian. And uh, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard. This portion of the program is sponsored by Alternative Medicine Therapies in Pennsylvania. Now, you can visit my website, www.amtherapies.com, and call our number for remote or face-to-face -face appointments. Appointments. <laughs> That's 866-472-6094. That is 866-472-6094. You are hearing us live from the Internet, and we'll be back with Michael Gurian, author of The Purpose of Boys, helping our sons find meaning, significance, and direction in their lives.
Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi life therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Now, remember on my site, www.amtherapies.com, you can preview and purchase the book I co-authored called 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health. My chapter is naturopathy. Uh, We are talking tonight with Michael Gurian, author of The Purpose of Boys, Helping Our Sons Find Meaning, Significance, and Direction in Their Lives. Now, Michael Gurian is a family therapist, corporate consultant, lecturer, and the New York Times best-selling author of 25 books published in 21 languages. The Gurian Institute, which he co-founded, conducts research internationally, launches pilot programs, and trains professionals. Now, Michael has been, quote, the people's philosopher, end quote, for his ability to bring together people's ordinary lives and scientific ideas. He has pioneered efforts to bring neurobiology and brain research into homes, schools, corporations, and public policy. A number of his groundbreaking books in child development, including The Minds of Boys, The Wonder of Girls, The Wonder of Boys, Boys and Girls Learn Differently, and Nurture and Na- I'm sorry, Nurture the Nature <laughs> have sparked national debate. His newest work the Purpose of Boys, came out April 2009 and provides a revolutionary new framework based in neurobiology by which to understand and care for the social and emotional needs of boys from birth to adulthood. Now, Michael works uh, have been featured in various media, including the New York Times, the Washington Post, USA Today, Newsweek, Time, People Magazine, Reader's Digest, the Wall Street Journal, Forbes Magazine, Parenting, Good Housekeeping, Red Book, and on the Today Show, Good Morning America, CNN, PBS, and National Public Radio. Good evening, Michael Gurian. How are you? Good evening. Um, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. And that was definitely the long biography version. <laughs> well, you know, You're you've done kind. a lot, and people need to know, and it helps them Thank to appreciate you. what it is you've written, uh, especially before they've gotten it in their hand. So I'm glad you were able to hold on to your seat and just bear that while I went through it. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. I was thinking, is that that guy? Oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Now, where are you from? Well, I'm right now in Spokane, Washington. That's where I live. 
Okay, very nice. Now, here I'm in Pennsylvania, and it just finished one of the a couple of thunderstorms we've had off and on this evening. So I trust your weather is equally productive, but maybe a little less noisy. Yeah, we are. You know, we had a record since 1882. I mean, we had our record winter. We got six feet of snow in about three weeks, and we got oh. actually two feet of it came in one day. So it was this, this harsh, harsh winter, and we thought, oh, we're going to get a lot of rain this spring. Well, we've ended up with now incredibly dry. Today it's 96 and sunny. Uh, so we're having the opposite weather you're having. Oh, my. Okay. Well, good. It's all good. It's all good. It all benefits us in some way, so I don't complain. But anyway, right. how did you become interested in family therapy, therapy in general, and, and all of these topics that you've uh, devoted so much time to researching? Well, you know, I think, well, in terms of the gender um, uh uh, well, as a family therapist, I, I really do like, I love helping families uh, raise their kids. And, in fact, I, I lecture and write mainly now, and I, I miss one-on-one uh, -on -one therapy, and I hope at some point to get back to it. I really love it. Um, I kind of, the gender work took off because um, I, I wanted to focus on how the male and the female brain operate. So, basically, I wanted to get at what's going on in, in nature um, and how that you know, parallels nurture and how they relate. And when I started out, I started this, um, I started researching this um, uh, in grad school 25 years ago, and there wasn't a lot of work on, on uh, male-female brain difference, there, you know, on the nature side. We were mainly, when we talked about gender or male and female, we talked about gender roles, which was obviously crucial, but there wasn't, there wasn't talk about, like, what, what's actually going on in the brains. And so that's where I've devoted a lot of my time. And then um, after The Wonder of Boys, which came out in, in 1996, um, that seemed to find a, a large audience. It seemed like there were other people who also were curious about what was going on inside of boys and then the nature of boys. At that time, most of the writing was about girls then, um, reviving Ophelia and so on. And so that book, The Wonder Boys, was sort of the first one to say, well, let's look at boys. And so then that, that then sent, you know, very much in the direction of uh, where the new book, The Purpose of Boys, is. So I've been on this arc of trying to understand kids and adults via the brain and then each specific gender and the Wonder of Boys started this trilogy. So the Wonder of Boys, then the Minds of Boys, which was on boys in school, and then the Purpose of Boys, which is this latest and final one in that trilogy. Oh, no. Well, hopefully. Those of us who are loving what you're writing and enjoying these books are saying, oh, well, my goodness, I hope there are going to be more. But I think in terms of the specifics and the meat of the issue, you've certainly more than covered the waterfront uh, with your three texts. So I, I guess from that perspective, we can understand you saying the final uh, the book and in the trilogy. Um, in the beginning of your book, you share some very interesting uh, statistics. Um, would you like to share some of those now, or would you like me to sort of start it off with a couple? Um, well, I can, but which, which ones uh, interested you? Well, they were all, I mean, I was impressed with all of them. I mean, for every 100 girls suspended from public elementary school and secondary school, 250 boys. I mean, I don't think I, I've ever quite looked at it that way. I knew more girl, you know, more boys than girls were suspended. But uh, in terms of that way of quantifying it, it's, it's sort of yeah, pretty yeah. amazing there. You know, it's it's a little it's a little scary actually, and and I say this also as a father of two daughters. I, I have two daughters, 19 and 16, so I'm very 
female positive, obviously. I mean, I'm not one of these people who, oh, well, you know, it's boys or girls. I mean, I think all kids really struggle in different ways and need different kinds of help. I, I think what's gotten scary, though, about the boys' side of things is that in, in so many of these developmental areas, um, the, the boys are really showing um, a, a decrease in health and mm. and uh, in and in behavioral health. So like those stats, you know, learning disabilities. This one shocks people. People for every hundred girls diagnosed with a learning disability, two hundred and seventy six boys. For every one hundred girls diagnosed with emotional disturbance, three hundred and twenty four boys. That's three times as many boys. For every one hundred girls aged fifteen to nineteen who commit suicide, five hundred and forty nine boys. The suicide rate is five to one for uh, adolescent males. Now, the suicide attempt rate is higher for girls, but they don't go through with it. The, su- you know, the, the actual suicide rate is five times as high for boys, and, and et cetera. And when we look in correctional facilities and we say, uh, okay, so we have about an 8 to 1, 9 to 1 ratio of males in the juvenile justice system and in prison. And then, of course, when we overlay minority, my, what's going on with minority boys, you know, we can say boys, then we say minority boys, and then the stats are even worse. So I'm actually very concerned, very worried, and the purpose of boys, the first chapter is the only bad news chapter. It lays out all these statistics. The rest of it, of course, is practical. It's, it helps people. But I think people will, will find the first chapter to scare them a little. <laughs> well, I, I, it may scare them a little, but some of it I think they know, um, but maybe not to the to the extent that you clarify it with the with the actual numbers. Um, and, and I think even people in education may not be as aware. I, and I think you have to factor in the fact that for the same incident, a girl will be treated a little bit differently than a boy will. Um, even in some instances when it comes with racial things for the same crime, uh, you have to factor in, I guess, some amount of racism uh, when, you know, for the same crime, two different, mind, two different racial groups will be treated differently. But um, all that being taken into consideration, it's still quite, um, quite significant. Um, yes, you, now your book is divided into two parts. Part one, understanding the purpose of boys, and part two, helping our sons find their purpose in life. And and you do mention something. I don't want to jump too far ahead of myself, but you do mention uh, that we tend to assume that the young men are going to be okay. They're, they're going to be, you know, all, all right. We really need to help out the girls because so much has been ha- done in the past to uh, uh, handicap them or hold them back. Uh, and I think to the extent that we have uh, neglected uh, boys to a great extent, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I think I think so. I think we can talk about – I think we're in a different era than we were 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, we really had to talk about girls, and we, uh, I mean, I, you know, we had to, we just had to right a lot of the wrongs of the past. We had to say, look, girls and women need our careful attention, and and we've, we simply have to look at every way in which a girl is affected by this society. And now I think, and at the same time, there was limited time or thinking, and so people basically just looked at girls. You know, they just didn't look at boys. But now I think we can do both. I mean, I think we've got an internet. Well, we have to. Got, people are tech savvy. We can do both. Yes, we can look yes. at both boys and girls. 
Okay, now, um, the in part one, uh, just to give our listeners an idea of the topics that you cover, uh, chapter one is the loss of purpose in American boyhood. Part uh, Chapter two, how little boys develop their sense of purpose. Chapter three, the adolescent boys, how adolescent boys seek their purpose in life. Chapter four, son, you are my hero. Chapter five, Again, now we're in part two. Chapter five, creating families of purpose for boys. Uh, chapter six, creating communities of purpose for boys. Chapter seven, changing schools toward uh, relevance and purpose for boys. And chapter eight, creating and providing rites of passage for your son. Uh, now, that's a lot. I'm amazed that you're able to cover all this and include all of this and deal with all of this in your book, and you do it very, very, very well. Uh, there's some things I want to make sure we touch on, and that's quite a bit of your book, and other things that I'm certain you want to make sure you touch on. Um, starting with Chapter 1, I think it's important to give an overview of why parents want to provide uh, purpose for boys. Yeah, Why yeah. and that's important. the chapter where I kind of give the statistics and say, look, you know, if we keep going down this road of, of kind of listless sons, well, some sons who are just getting into violence and, and, and prison, and then other sons who are, who are playing video games and kind of losing touch, not succeeding in school, dropping out, you know, et cetera. So there's sort of these parallel lines. That, um, one, the more violent or the more crime-related or drugs and alcohol-related. The other, this, this sort of um, a listless-related, you know, and gr- not growing up till they're 30. And, um, well, if we keep doing this, we're going to uh, keep exacerbating these statistics that we talked about. They're just going to keep getting worse. And one of the areas that people see it quite a bit is is school. There's a lot of gifted boys who are just failing school. Um, you know, they're not motivated. They're not paying attention. So, um, so that's that chapter. And I'm saying if we don't do this now, we're going to be in in severe difficulty. And we have to remember that in the the past, I start with the story of my father-in-law who just recently died, but who was a pilot in World War II and was shot down. He was a POW. By the time he got back to the U.S., he had already flown B-17 bombers. And then he had been a POW for a year. And by the time he got back to the U.S., he just turned 23. (laughs) So he had done all these things by the time he was 23. And he knew he had to have a purpose. He came back he got married, he had children, he worked, you know, he's of that generation. So so he just died at 86. So he's of that generation. Well, compare that, what he was doing by 23, and what a lot of our guys now are doing by 23. And part of what we've lost is that that generation said, I as a man must accomplish something, I must be significant, I must take care of my family, I must serve um, humanity. And I think we've drifted. So, and part of why we've drifted is that we didn't want to talk about male role, um, because talking about male role reminded, pe- pe- reminded people of patriarchy, reminded people of things going bad for women. And so the word role, um, we threw it out. Uh, so what I've done is I've said, yeah, but if you throw that out, a lot of these guys don't know what to do with their lives. So yeah. let's substitute the word purpose, because we can all agree, I think, that... Uh-huh. that um, uh, my phrase is, the purpose of boys is to become successful men who serve their families and communities. And so that's what that chapter is saying to folks. This is what I'm going to be arguing for in this book and providing practical help with, how to become successful men who serve their families 
and communities. And that's what I don't want to lose. Well, I think it's critical. And I, and I have to say that I, I, um, I don't know how to put this, but I find a lot of times when women endeavor to be successful, for example, as single parents or things of that nature, there's a phrase, I can do it without a man, or things of that nature that undermined that whole concept of purpose. And if we don't need somebody, then they don't have a purpose. So I, I feel that, you know, like you say, changing the word and terminology makes it a little bit easier for people to wrap their heads around what it is you're trying to do. Um, and thank goodness because it's something that definitely has to be addressed. Yeah, and you said the word need, and that's really crucial for any listener. What we're, what, what we're raising is a generation of young men, many of whom don't feel that they are needed, and that is dangerous. We want our males to feel that they're needed in this society, and of course we want to provide them the templates and show them how, how they're needed, because if they don't feel needed, you know, they're driven by some pretty interesting chemistry. And as you know, I get into the nature of boys in here. And uh, we guys are driven by, we've got 20, 10 to 20 times more testosterone than women do. That's an aggression chemical. And, I, and even if people don't study the science of it, they know, just looking around, that boys are more physically aggressive than girls, right? And, and that they take massive risks with their bodies during adolescence. Um, and they need direction. So, and that's just one piece of the puzzle. Uh, they need direction, and, and they need this direction toward how they are needed by the society. Uh, if they don't get it, they can wander into some bad stuff. Well, and certainly if they don't feel they have anyone to protect, <laughs> my goodness. I mean, and, and again, this is where I, I, you know, things get so muddy because we have to feel independent. You know, women have to feel independent and able to accomplish this, that, and the other thing. But we have to also honor this biological piece that you're talking about. They need to be able to be daring, and if they're not daring and aggressive, they're not going to have whatever it takes to step out there and protect us or you know, put their lives on the line, uh, you know, if they don't feel that there's anybody going to, who that's going to appreciate that. But anyway, you, you had a daunting task, and you, you addressed it beautifully. <laughs> I, Thank you. I, I give Thank you, you applause. Um, when, okay, let's get on to chapter two here. Um, brain differences between boys and girls. Uh, your little boys need to save the world. Can we, can we sort of talk about those two items at least? Oh, yeah. You know, the <laughs> People may notice this about little boys because the first chapter is sort of the birth to ten and, and more, you know, sort of helping parents with kids, with boys from like birth to six, seven kind of age group. And they may, they will probably notice a few things already. And they won't realize that these are biological maybe, but they'll notice that um, uh, uh, young boys practice and boys practice something that I call aggression nurturance. Mm -hmm. And as opposed to or different than empathy nurturance, and this is one of the reasons they really need purpose. I'll describe it in like 60 seconds. If you have two, if you have a street hockey game and someone listening right now could walk by the street hockey game or any sport, um, but take street hockey and you've got like, you know, little kids, you know, doing, doing their street hockey and, and, a, and a kid falls down. More likely that a girl on her skates is going to skate by and sort of say, hey, are you all right? you know, which is direct empathy, kind of get down to that, that kid's level, down, are, are you okay? That's direct empathy. More likely that a boy is going to skate by 
and especially if he's getting toward adolescence, that that boy will skate by and say, get up, get up, we need you. Mm-hmm. Now, that's very empathic, and it's very nurturing, but it's quite different than direct empathy. What, the, what this boy is saying is, you know what, you, you're not dead. <laughs> you look okay, so uh, come back into the game. Come back into the task. Come back into the goal. The goal is to make a goal, so get back in there, and that's how we'll raise your self-esteem. You're not going to get much self-esteem raised by sitting there on the ground. Okay, so these are both beautiful ways of nurturing. One is through direct empathy. Are you okay? What can I do for you? The other is get up, get up. We need you. Get to work. And I think that that, that's just one of the concepts in that chapter that I'm trying to help people with so they better understand their sons when they see their sons not being, at at times, not being as directly empathic or being empathic in a different way to say, hmm, that's a clue that there's different nature in there. The brain is working a little differently for males. Um, So that's one example. Another example would be they may notice that even if they raise their boys in a home with no guns, no television, no violence, um, that that even at two or three or four years old, the boys run out in the backyard and they pick up sticks and they start rattling the sticks around, you know, like swords or, or, or in some, some game, you know, in which they're showing their prowess, they're showing off, they're showing that they're strong. Um, and also they're, they're not doing fine motor things as much as, uh, you know, like a little craft, as much as they're doing this very physical kind of thing. Well, we've got okay. a lot of biology in the brain around that. Okay, hold that thought for me. We've got to go to break here. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Follow me on Twitter, and do visit my uh, iMall on my website. Uh, You can find all types of wonderful products at very low rates. Check regularly as I change products often. And also check out Nature's Sunshine. And we will be back with Michael Gurian, author of The Purpose of Boys, helping our sons find meaning, significance, and direction in their lives. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. And now, next week, July 24, 2009, my guest will be Mary Beth Sammons, author of The Second Acts That Change Lives, Making a Difference in the World. Now, at the end of that program, we will discuss the Airplantain and the Asana Kraukasana. We are back with Michael Gurian, author of The Purpose of Boys, Helping Our Sons Find Meaning, Significance, and direction in their lives. If you have questions for him, call 888-235-7374. That is 888-235-7374.
Um, okay, Michael, you want to pick up from where you left off so you can follow finish your thought? <laughs> Well, yeah, I think I, I was just a little talkative there. Oh, it's <laughs> I think okay. I, I got Take it. I, mean, I think we yeah, should move on. I think the basic idea is that there's a lot of biology at work, and and it's all around us basically, and we can notice it if we watch how boys play and so on, and and how they try to emotionally help each other. And it's different than girls, and so you know it's something that really requires our attention. Um, but we can definitely move on because the re- you know much of the rest of the book is in, is sort of practical help, and we can move to that if you want. Well, I want them to buy the book, so we don't have to cover everything, but there's some things I definitely wanted to touch on. Now, uh, and, I, and I think the point that you're trying to make is very good. The differences are good differences, and they're differences to be honored because they're needed, both differences. I, I mean, you might even say mom makes you feel better, dad lets you know you can go on and do something else. Um, uh, and both are just as, uh, you know very important. But please be a little bit more specific on the, these brain differences. You talk about in the book that 15 to 20 percent more neutral activity in a girl's brain than a boy's brain at a given time. These, I think, these concrete items are really, really important. So if you can bear with me and share those. Oh, sure. For our listeners, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I'll give a number of brain differences. Um, uh, one is, as you said, there's 15 to 20 percent more neural activity, or what you know, called blood flow in the brain, of course. And and this is interesting because um, uh, when we scan brains, you know, a lot of this work is based on brain scans and looking at brains and taking that research and applying it. And when you scan brains, you can see this. You can see how much busier the female brain is. Um, at various times, and you can see the various parts of the brain, you know, that are working. And boys, uh, to, to give another example, to jump off on that, girls have more white matter. Uh, white matter is the part of the brain that guides information, um, you know, from point A to point B in the brain. So, so women are doing one, uh, the same task. Girls are doing a task. Let's say that street hockey game or whatever it is. They're they're doing it and they're getting information from various parts of their brain. Boys have more gray matter. So if you've ever wondered why women tend to be better multitaskers and why boys tend to get if they get in a task they get so focused on it it's hard for them to transition out of it. That's because boys and men do our work in gray matter more of our work in gray matter. We have 6.5 times more gray matter as girls, and girls have 10 times more white matter as boys. Uh, So the white matter and more neural activity is getting all these different signals in the female brain. So she's she's seeing more, sensing more, feeling more, um, and then crafting more of that into her responses. Boys tend to be, on average, these are all just averages, but boys tend to be, on average, more focused on this one thing, and they'll just keep doing this one thing over and over and over again, and that will be their approach. Um, So that's a difference. And another fascinating difference, actually, is that if you've ever wondered, if people ever wondered why when they look at a classroom, they see that, let's say they have 25 people in the classroom, they see maybe five of the boys, their eyes are sort of half closed, and they're, or they're looking out the window, or maybe they're even they're tapping, you know, their pencils, uh, or something that's distracting. Well, the male brain, when it gets bored, or when it's, you know, when it's not kept attentive and active, the male brain goes to what's called a rest state, where most of our brain activity shuts down. And this is important for people to realize. Men do this, boys do this. Female brain, when she's not kept active, half her brain is still moving. It's still awake. 
So the, the most restful her brain gets, and we're excluding sleep, which is different, the most restful her brain gets is half, half of her brain is still lit up, whereas for him, most of the brain shuts down. And so his eyes glaze over, or he taps the pencil to try to keep himself awake, which is very distracting. Um, this is a very different experience uh, of, of, of brain activity. Um, so that's another difference. And on the right side of the male brain, I'll give a last one. On the right side of the male brain, uh, this all happens, by the way, because of chromosome markers and uh, the, the testosterone surges that the baby gets um, in utero. The right side of the male brain overlays the, the, na- the sort of natural verbal centers that would be there on the right overlays them with what are called spatial centers uh, and visual graphic centers. So if people have noticed that their sons, like I was saying before, run outside and they pick up a twig and they you know, kind of move the twig around as if it's a weapon or they just like to fight with the air with this twig, what, uh, what's activated is the, are these spatial centers in the right side of their brain. And if you look at video games, that's another example. Mainly boys play video games. Well, that's very spatial, right? Mm-hmm. That's objects moving in space. Um, it happens to be virtual space, but the objects are moving around in space very quickly. Well, that activates a whole side of our brain. And um, uh, for girls, uh, they have a lot more verbal centers on that side of the brain and less of those spatial centers. So what I do is I lay out all these brain differences. And I say, look, um, uh, this is part of why we have to give these guys purpose because they're, you know, their brains are going to arrest state. They're, they're getting bored pretty easily. Um, they, they really want to be activated toward something, and you used the word need before. They want to be activated toward how they're needed and what they should be doing with their lives and how they can help and, you know, processes and schoolwork that's relevant, that's necessary, that's purposeful. And then, you know, they can perform quite well if they do that. But if they're not activated, we are going to lose some of them to these video games, and we're going to lose them to boredom. So you're saying, for example, in a classroom, if the young man's focus uh, is, you know, if he's getting bored or whatever, if he has that sense of purpose and it's instilled to such a degree, uh, to a certain degree, that should be sufficient to bring him back? Or are you saying, or are you going to say further, as you do talk about in your book, some other little techniques that a teacher, for example, who's, you know, teaching the class might use uh, to facilitate him getting back into the yeah. Whatever they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, both. Um, first of all, we got to realize that if we don't teach stuff that's relevant, we're going to lose a lot of boys. That's just a bottom line. Um, and so now we'll jump ahead. We talked about little boys. Let's. Um, well, we can jump back and forth. But in terms of relevance, you know, letting boys read and report on stuff that's relevant to them, rather than forcing them to read what we read 50 or 30 years ago, um, you know, that, that helps right there. I mean, we, the Gurian Institute, we've trained um, uh, 50,000 teachers, and so we collect success data, and that's one of the things that helps greatly to close literacy gaps. A couple other tricks, I mean, that, that grow out of this brain research is when you see these boys zoning out, give them squeeze balls, um, which are just little, like, Nerf balls, so they can squeeze those in their non-writing hand. Um, that'll help keep them awake because, of course, what it's doing is sending a signal, right? There's movement. They're, they're, they're squeezing something, and it sends a signal and says to the brain, try to stay awake. Um, another thing that we can do is let them move around. And in a classroom of 25, there's generally three or four boys, and this will save their lives. If we let them move around the back of the class when they're doing a writing assignment um, or when they're listening, just let them pace a little bit, uh, we will keep them much more attentive. 
Um, and then when we're teaching them anything having to do with writing, there's going to be in a class of around, again, 25, this co-ed class of 25, you could have three to five boys who need to be allowed to draw Remember, the right side of the male brain has visual graphic centers, so they need to be allowed to draw during their brainstorming period. And now I'm jumping back to third, fourth, fifth grade, um, or even first, second, third, uh, when they're given their assignment. You know, because a lot of times we just give an assignment and say, okay, write a paper about blank. Like, write a paper about what you did yesterday. And um, uh, more girls are going to start writing immediately than boys because they have verbal centers on both sides of the brain. For boys, we've got to try to activate the whole brain. So we, we say to them, look, you, you three or four boys who you know, don't do the verbal prompt as well, you guys go ahead and draw. And they draw a storyboard of what they did yesterday, and then they write their paper. We have a lot of success data showing that C's can become A's or D's can become B's this way. And it's just basic understanding of the brain. And it's not bad for any girl or anyone. I mean, anyone can draw if they want. But what ends up happening is it's three to five boys in a classroom who this saves their grades. So these are some, some tricks we've learned. And then I guess they learn enough that they can translate whatever they've learned into what they need to translate it into to take the standardized exam or the state required exam or something of that nature. Well, yeah, this all, if they're doing better, they're going to, in class, they're going to do better on tests. They just will like school more. Okay, hold that thought. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. We will be back with Michael Gorian. He's the author of The Purpose of Voice, helping our sons find meaning, significance, and direction in their lives. Also, follow me on Twitter. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. Yes, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Now, remember my book, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health. You can purchase it on my site. We are back now with Michael Gurian, author of The Purpose of Boys, Helping Our Sons Find Meaning, Significance, and Direction in Their Lives. If you have a question, call 888-235-7374. That is 888-235-7374. Michael, 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 
There's so much in this book that people have to read, and, and you're absolutely right. Parents, um, extended family, uh, teachers, administrators in education, employers, everybody needs to have this book handy so that they understand what's going on, not only with their sons, but also with themselves if they happen to be men and women because they have to interact with both their sons and their husbands, brothers, fathers. You know, I, I think it's um, important for everybody. Uh, there's two things I'm hoping we're going to touch on before our hour is up. That's creating three things, creating families of purpose for boys, changing schools toward relevance and purpose for boys, and creating and providing rites of passage for uh, your son. And I think probably certain parts of our society need this rites of passage assistance more than others because some have built into their religion, for example, uh, rites of passage that facilitate what it is I think you're, you're talking about here. But hopefully we can touch on those three things before the end of the hour. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, what before then that's in your book would you like to talk about now and then just go into these other three items? Oh, no, we can go right into these. Those are uh, great. I, I in, in terms of background for all of these these items that you you touched on, uh, the background is that the um, the sort of the guiding vision of this is that especially with boys who are as we've just begun to describe them, of course, there's more depth in the book, but as we've begun to describe them, I hope people are getting the sense that these guys they need more than one person to guide them. They need, um, and I call it a three-family system. Oops, I'm uh, sorry. Hold on. Before we get to that, give us your contact information. What is your web address, any email address or telephone number you want to share? Oh, uh, yeah, just the website, www.gurianinstitute.com. That's G-U-R-I-A-N, institute.com. And everything flows from there, gurianinstitute.com. Okay, I'm sorry. I wanted to make sure I got that in. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no problem. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, people, I think, will like the site because, uh, like the school stuff, there's just a lot on there um, of things that are going on. There's a lot more going on often than people realize. Um, people just like the listeners here, you know, who are around the country really believe in this. Um, so, so, so it's sort of one of the things they believe in, segue there, one of the things <laughs> is this three-family system. Um, we're trying to really revitalize that or, or vitalize that, which is to try to, to get, the, get the nuclear family strong, get the extended family strong, and get the community strong. And, it, and that's the three families. A nuclear family, however it's set up, um, uh, extended family might not be grandma and grandpa. They may live very far away, but could be the neighbor, could be – but it's going to be a couple mentors – at all times, there's always going to be a couple mentors keeping this boy safe, helping this boy out, um, uh, and then the community. So that's going to be schools, faith communities, institutions, Boy Scouts, uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. You know, these, the, if these three families are in place and if they're constantly in touch with each other, these boys are going to find purpose because it's it's wired into us as human beings but if we if we only if we give the boy or two or three boys to the care of one person who's trying to do everything it can go awry so that's a background concept for for a lot of, of the other stuff that happens in the book 
Okay, now you talk about changing schools toward relevance and purpose for boys, and you even talk about um, fixing the mismatch between schools and the purpose of boys. What what types of schools are best kinds of schools for boys? All boys schools, uh, military schools, uh, co-ed schools, and then the other piece. Oh well, all of them can be be good. What we found we what we found is that teachers are you know brilliant people, and um, what they haven't gotten, what they didn't get when they got their MED or their their BA and their certification, they didn't get basically this information that you and I are talking about. Um, when they they didn't get the information on how the boys and girls learn differently, and that the male brain processes information differently than the female brain does, and so on. They didn't get that. When we give them that. Uh, the equivalent of a like a, a college course in that, um, which is which sort of takes a few days, or they can do online, and and they get that filled in. You know, they read books, they do book studies, they have trainings. Then, of course, they just go, oh yeah, okay. Now wait a minute. At some level, I always knew that, but I just didn't have the science, and I didn't have these practical strategies. So now I have those, and then they go to work and they innovate, and they can innovate in coed, in in single sex, in in Montessori, in Waldorf. I mean. It, the innovations can happen everywhere, and then at that point, it's up to the parents to say, okay, which of this menu of schools would be right for my child, based on the nature of my child? And, and I'll break a few things down. I mean, there are some kids who, who really need um, the single-sex experience, and one group where we're having a lot of success with it is boys, especially inner-city boys who have been raised without fathers, they can often flourish in a boys-only class uh, or even a boys' school. Um, they can often flourish, and for them there's a deep urgency that even they don't understand. They have such a hunger for male community to help them grow, and sometimes the boys' school or the boys-only class can help them. So they're just one example of where the parent would say, okay, this is what my child is facing. I wonder what in the menu would be good for them. But whatever the menu is, the teachers need to know this stuff and and they innovate. So I would not I would never say there's only one way to educate. My experience is that there are many ways. Okay, so are but you making go sure into some of the strategies? Yes, that's yes. Yeah. So in whatever is the environment, whether it's co-ed, boys only, wherever it is, there are a few things there are a few things we can say immediately that bring relevance. One is um uh just just having the teacher move around and be dynamic. So not sitting in a desk. I mean, that one thing can engage two boys right there, you know. And I, we talked earlier about letting the boys move around. There's four more boys engaged. And then debating. Debating is great engagement for um, young boys' minds. And uh, none of this stuff's bad for girls, by the way. There's nothing that we teach that's bad for girls. It can all be used with girls. Um, this just happens to be stuff looking at trying to engage these boys. So debate. Um, having everyone take a position uh, can be great for boys. When boys are learning um, a literature, another great thing is to have them act it out uh, because we've got to remember that boys are about a year and a half behind girls in reading and writing in the U.S. They're similarly behind in all 52 industrialized countries. There are a number of reasons. One is the way we teach reading and writing. Uh, you know, One is that the male brain doesn't on average, doesn't do as much of the verbals. So we start out with a bit of a disadvantage, um, even taking into account very verbal guys like me. On average, boys start out with a bit of a disadvantage because of the brain differences and then the way it's taught. And, and so we make it worse when we just kind of drone. You know, a teacher just drones and reads. So there's six boys we've lost right there. But if we let them get up and act out, 
uh, Hamlet or act out To Kill a Mockingbird or whatever it is, we suddenly engage these guys. It becomes relevant to them. So um, uh, let them act it out. That's another really, really good thing to do. And then project-driven. The last thing I'll say on this, and I have obviously much more in the book, but project-driven. Boys, remember, have more gray matter, and we tend to do a task in a localized part of the brain. So one of the innovations that grows out from knowing that is let's give them projects. So don't give them worksheets with 20 or 30 things on them, most of which they're going to forget tomorrow. Give them a project. Let them learn by doing something, and let's have them do it for a week. So it's the science project. You do the science project for a week, and, and they learn by doing and this is really how boys were educated until just, you know, very recently. They learned by doing. Okay, now um, we're at the end easy. of the program. So you have to give me a quick um, uh, little bit of words of wisdom uh, that relates to rites of passage. Okay, rites of passage are crucial, and I'll just say to readers, if you uh, listeners, the purpose of boys, it has in the in the la this last chapter four different one for ten years old, thirteen years old, fifteen years old, eighteen years years old. It refers to four, and the one for fifteen years old year olds, it actually lays the whole thing out for the one year rite of passage. So that's I think people will find that they can just put it right into their faith community or right into their family, and they can give a one-year rite of passage. Rites of passage are crucial. There's a saying, I'll end with this saying, it's an African proverb, if you don't initiate the boys into manhood, they will burn the village down. Excellent. I think that's a oh, powerful my. quote. That's very powerful. And thank you so much for writing the book, The Purpose of Boys. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, you take care. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, yes, everyone, you need to get that book, The Purpose of Boys. Um, okay, um, I think I have time to do the herb of the day. Uh, today's herb is, uh, tonight's herb is peppermint. Uh, the part used, parts used medicinally are the flowering tops, oil, and leaves. Now, some of the phytochemicals include acetic acid, alpha out of alpha carotene, oh my goodness, I'm trying to rush and I'm tripping over. Take your time, breathe. <laughs> Beta carotene and uh, caffeic acid. And now some of the nutrients include calcium, choline, iron, magnesium, manganese. According to Bonk and Bonk, it increases stomach acidity, aiding digestion, slightly anesthetizes mucous membranes and the gastrointestinal tract. It's useful for chills, colic, diarrhea, headache, heart trouble, indigestion. Uh, again, uh, I'm going to be adding on my homepage information about the herb of the week and the yoga sauna of the week, so you can look forward to that change when you visit my website. Also, a uh, meditation tip uh, for the week. You have been listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard at Achieve Radio on the Internet. Now, my guest next week, July 24, 2009, will be Mary Beth Sammons. She's the author of Second Acts and the Change, sorry, Second Acts that Change Lives. Now, um, making a difference in the world. At the end of next week's program, we will discuss the herb plantain and the asana kraukasana. Uh, 
Now, for those of you who um, might not know, the webinar we did June 27th on alternative medicine and where it falls in President Obama's health care plan resulted in our recommendation for public school education about preventative health care through alternative medicine and that information is going to be passed on. Now use the link on my site to listen to the program live on your computer, iPod, Blackberry, <laughs> and on Fridays at 8.03 p.m. Eastern Time. And remember second Fridays of the month with Monique Chapman at the end of those programs with Monique Bowman. She will visit us again August 14, 2009 with her intuition about world and caller issues. Remember the show is rebroadcast Saturday mornings at 9.03 a.m. Eastern Time. Well wholeness, and business. Well, everybody. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi life therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. 